Hello, hello, and welcome back. That is right. We're saying back because all of our firsts are out the way. We put out a pilot, we put out episode one, and now we're coming at you knowing we've got some listeners with Can Host episode two. Crowd noise, people are excited. <laughs> and this episode is called So Do You Guys Want Kids? Which is a question I think everyone at some point in their life is going to get asked. Even if you've got kids, you get asked, do you want more? Um, just before we talk about that, though, um, I just want to say a massive thank you to all of our listeners, our worldwide listeners, yeah, a <laughs> little bit proud, who tuned into our first full episode, Hair There and Everywhere. Um, I think... I definitely had a goal of what I wanted from that episode and from the whole podcast and it was for people to listen and relate and I just can't thank all of you that got in touch with your messages um, talking about their people they hadn't even thought about commenting on people's hairlines before or people that didn't know there were solutions out there. So that's everything we really put, that's what we wanted and I'm just so happy. So thank you for that. And also a big thank you to everyone who shared in their stories on Facebook and Instagram that they were listening and also where they were listening. We got a picture of someone listening um, flying over the UK on a plane. So we're actually like, we've got people in the skies listening to some guy in the bath as well. And I'm happy for people to listen to me in the bath. That is cool. So thank you so much. Um, this episode, as I said, hopefully we get some real relatable stuff as well. When you're listening, I really want you to have a think about whether you've been in the same situation as us or you've got a new one. So basically, please, please get in touch if you've got any comments. Again, even if they're not all that nice. Um, got three really great guests today um, with us. So I'm going to introduce them first before I waffle too much so first up we've got a very i can say handsome because this is You're a podcast to. yeah You're so to. we've got Corey lunnan sitting opposite us Corey, say hello hello Corey. yeah <laughs> no, i mean hello everyone so Corey, um his input today for do you guys want kids Corey has got the experience not only is he a um, straight me- no that's right I'm not. a vice principal yeah deputy principal deputy sorry deputy principal yep so you're around kids all day and then you've also kind of yeah and then you go home and there's kids there too <laughs> all day and all, all night day, every and it's the day. witching hour so i'm more than happy to be here yeah at this <laughs> moment right now now i've also got a very good friend of mine who i was desperate to get on at least one of our episodes and when she starts talking you'll know why because her voice is it makes me want to jump in the bath and listen as well tony p no pressure at all no <laughs> so welcome to the show tony thank you very much i i currently am suffering from dram, dry mouth and nervousness so just bear with me that's fine we will bear with you and we'll make sure you've got your drink topped up as thank well you. So, yeah that's good so thank you you're going to give us some really good insight into things that like, well all three of you are going to give us insight into things that other of us haven't experienced. And then I will touch on, if you listened last week, we do have a segment on called Give It To Me Straight. And this week we've got a guest that I've been really excited about from the very beginning of doing a podcast. I wanted her on our very good friend, Ellen Reid. Hey. How are you going, Ellen? I'm going great. How are you going? Very, very good, thank you. So um, me and Ellen, we usually meet backstage somewhere <laughs> and I have to give you, well, I don't have to, I choose to give you a really good intro in oh, front of you. hundreds or thousands of people. Now, what I will say is a little bit different and this will happen quite a lot with Give It To Me Straight, although Ellen is in a heterosexual relationship, mm-hmm. is a massive ally to all of us. So um, absolutely kills the stage at things like Brisbane Pride this year. I was so excited to oh, introduce you there you. and the formal as well. So like definitely still within part of the community. So I'm so grateful for all three of you. Thank you. You're welcome. Are you all ready? We yes. are. Did I give you enough alcohol to start with? Because it's off pay week, so. Well, it's, it's a school night. We don't drink on a school night. Yeah, as well. Yeah, so sorry. So the um, deputy principal has just got an orange juice. Absolutely. <laughs> Wink. No. Um, also as well, I want to say a massive thank you to the Wickham. So um, if you are Brisbane-based, you will be familiar with the Wickham Hotel. Can't thank them enough for giving us a space and confirming that we can record every episode here, um, which you can't really put a price on such a cool setup. We'll put up pictures, but we are sitting next to the bar upstairs, so there's a bit of a vibe. There's alcohol on premises. <laughs> it's always a good start. Yeah. But more <laughs> questionable matters on the ground. <laughs> Listen, it's a Tuesday. Sequence. <laughs> Sequence, that's what I meant, absolutely. So yeah, what we do, so as I mentioned, the episode this week is called um, So Do You Guys Want Kids? And when I was thinking about doing a podcast, this is one where I had an idea of why I would do in, was going to do this episode. And to be honest, even from then to sitting in front of this microphone, my idea of it has changed. Um, for me, being a gay guy in a relationship for quite a long a long time, or five and a bit years, and I'd been in a long-term relationship before that too, it was a question we would always get asked and I never really knew how to respond to that question because 
it was always a bit of a sympathetic way of asking, like, oh, so do you guys want kids? Because it's a fact that it's not actually easy to do. Um, so I kind of felt like there would be a lot of people out there. And I think in my head, I was only thinking of us same-sex relationship people, thinking that, oh, it's a struggle for us because how are we going to do it? You can't do it the way we do it. <laughs> which is sometimes how I answered the question, which made people feel really uncomfortable too. <laughs> um, but obviously, when I started talking about it and talking about a podcast, I realised that pretty much everybody does get asked that question. And sometimes it can be quite offensive it could be quite invasive and other times it might be quite easy to answer so I'm really glad we've got a good mix of guests here and I think for me I've mentioned in a previous episode that I had put off coming out for a while I didn't come out until I was 25 and I think really subconsciously this was one of the main reasons because I just assumed that I was going to be in my 30s with children and I think that once I admitted oh you know what actually I'm gay I kind of was gonna lose that which I know we can have someone come and talk about that might not be the case but I think that was really the main reason um I think a lot of my friends and family back home I've always been around children really thought it was quite a shame and not ashamed of me but like oh well I guess you're never gonna have your own children but at the moment I settle for being the best uncle in the world which I'm wearing socks actually that say that. And father to your fur kids. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I obviously really, baby, I've got three dogs, um, absolutely love them. I do tell my oldest, Megatron, that I gave birth to him <laughs> to the point where I tell him the story quite often and it grosses people out. But, like, my sisters don't often like to, you know, agree to the fact that I refer to them as like, Auntie Dev and Auntie Kel because they don't agree that I gave birth to a great Dane. And that's fine. Like, I respect your wishes. But... Um, yeah, so it's not actually just me. So I will be butting in throughout the episode, but I think I'm really wanting to introduce our first guest right now. So Corey. Yes. Again, welcome. Hi. So Thank you. Thank you for finding me interesting enough to invite. I've been thinking I was interesting enough for years, but it's no, nice to be validated. We finally found <laughs> something that you can talk about and we wait for it. Yeah, true. Second. They're like, shit, um, i to give that guy some. So, Corey, what I'm going to say, and I think is really easy for someone from the outside to say, you are living a lot... I would say you're living the dream. So you're married you to your husband. You should come over husband. around five to six. I've been there. I've, they really ruin Drag Race Fridays. Just saying. <laughs> oh, they do. They hate it. <laughs> well, we're training them. They, they'll get there. But um, yeah, so you married to your husband, Correct. which was pre-Yes Vote. So you it didn't was. get married We got here. married uh, 12 months before marriage equality went through in Australia and we got married in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. So we flew over with my best friend and her husband and eloped and had the most amazing week and then came back and got off the plane to not being married. So and that then, was quite sad. But fortunately, 12 months later, 12 months and nine days, about around that time, um, marriage equality went through, no one's <laughs> counting. Uh, yeah, so we've been married for three years. So can I ask, can I butt in really yeah, quickly? Absolutely. What do you count then as your wedding anniversary, the first time that you got married in New Zealand or the second time when you were legally allowed to be married in Australia? Well, the first time we got married in New Zealand, um, absolutely, but I also acknowledge the nine days after marriage equality because nine days after marriage equality was approved, it took 30 days, I think, for mm. same-sex couples to be able to get married or mm. registered to marry, but international marriages were recognised nine days later. Oh, so yes. we kind of edged in there just a tiny bit before everyone else. So. Yeah, and that only just that. passed a couple of days ago. That's that nine days. I wasn't aware oh, of that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's only been, re it was recent because I yeah. was actually in Canberra. I sang at Yes Fest mm. and it coincided with the Yes Vote. Yeah. So nine yeah. days after that, that's when I'm kind of like, oh, this is the day that we were married in, were considered married in Australia. So at what point did you fall pregnant? <laughs> well, we spent lots and lots of time trying. <laughs> How do you, you guys like to do it? No, just kidding. So, yeah. So, it's one of those uh, conversations. Yeah, no, um, so, that was probably... So, again, with the episode being Sue, do you guys want kids? As I'm saying, to some people, and I get no to you too, it is like the dream. So, I'm really interested because we've never actually had this conversation. No. And I will also just give a bit of a disclaimer. I have been lucky enough to hang out with your family, mm -hmm. but I don't know anything about the kids' background and stuff. Well, so, anything I say today is very general. Whole planet. Yeah, let's, tell right, don't we? But uh, anything that I would say, like, you know, what if the parents are this, it will be very general. So yeah. I don't know the background, but yeah. happy for you. That's to okay. Share. The, the, the worst question you could ask is, who's the mum? Mm -hmm. Oh, out of you too. And that's happened before. Um, but that's a whole other interesting story. Oh, I thought so, you meant out of you and David. Like, well, no, correct. That's oh, okay, what people good, yeah. will ask, or who's the mum, or who's oh. the real dad? Wow. Oh. Which we take Offensive. super yeah. offensively yeah. because I believe that. The word father is a mm -hmm. verb, mm -hmm. just as much as it is a noun. Mm -hmm. um, and I grew up with a stepdad who I introduced to all of my friends as my dad. Mm -hmm. I never called him dad, I called him Ray. But um, growing up myself in that situation, 
the whole concept of real dad was just not a real thing. Mm. We're, I have a dad. He was my father. Yeah. He still parents me to this day and rings me regularly because we've just bought a house and he knows the best. He's Something else you've done this. that I haven't. Thanks, Corey. <laughs> Living the total dream in tons and tons of debt with small children. But yeah, our story is um, I probably filled the void of having children mm-hmm. with becoming a teacher. But being around kids and being good with kids was always something that I was good at. And when I became a teacher, it really filled that void for me for a long time. Um, but I always wanted to have kids of my own. I just didn't have a partner mm-hmm. who was probably interested in having kids. Um, and then I met my husband and he was in a situation where his ex had a kid so that he was around kids as well. So it was just something that we both really wanted and we worked really, really hard to to get our family. Um, and we took the route of becoming foster carers. So we were foster carers for a large portion of time. Uh, and then we became guardians to our two gentlemen who live with us now. But even that though, so firstly, that's an awesome story. Like it already is. I'm, you've done some amazing Get the stuff. Tissues. There's some <laughs> next to you. But with the whole foster thing, because again, I, previous relationship, current relationship, I know that the partner I was with and I'm currently with, we would do a great job raising kids. Yeah. Like I know it, like it's the no strengths doubt. that we've got, no but just didn't even know that we could. And I think, again, it's my fault for not doing research. I spend hours on internet looking at other mm. stuff, but <laughs> did you know straight away that you qualified? Is there a real push for same, because it's- There really is, and, and it sounds weird to say that there's a push to have same sex couples, but fostering has always valued families. Mm-hmm. So be it, same-sex families, be it single families, single parents and things like that. So, so taking the fostering option was, was a clear-cut way that we would get valued. Obviously, the agency that we were with were really... Um, they really made sure that any placement that came to us, the background information of families would have not um, prejudice towards same-sex couples. So they tried to make sure that any, any placements were paired up nicely like that because they understand that some people have prejudice so mm-hmm. they're not going to place kids with um, same-sex couples if those kids' parents are very anti mm-hmm. our community because that just causes problems. So we've been really well looked after throughout that whole journey and it's a huge journey. It was like a 24 months of wow. applications and um, assessments and training and things like that before anything even looked like uh, we were going to have placements or anything along yeah. those lines. So it's a really slow, long, hard, but worth it journey. If mm. you're in it to have kids, then mm-hmm. the, the end result is that you'll be enriching the lives of some little people who really need it. Plus you're also enriching your own life and yeah. it's good for your soul. Definitely. So that what, one of the things, and I think I spoke to you about this earlier on, again, I don't know much about it, but I know how attached I get. Like we were supposed to be fostering one of my dogs and she stayed with us and I was supposed to be babysitting a dog and he stayed with us. I get really attached. I'm, I'm, my biggest fear I've spoken to you about before with fostering is that you could be really bonded with this kid or these children and then one day the agency are like, okay, so the parents or the grandparents are back on the scene. Like, is that, that's a reality in some cases? Well, we still maintain, um, you're encouraged to maintain positive relationships with the families because Mm -hmm. ultimately the idea in Queensland is that children belong with their parents. Um, Whether their parents are the best fit for them, they're off, sometimes they're not. I don't want to go too much into being offensive to any listeners who might be in the situation. But um, yeah, the department do look towards reunification. That's a real big push in Queensland. Um, So there's always that constant fear of kids in your care going out of your care and going back to their families. So, but being guardians, we are not in that position. We are legal parents. Mm -hmm. Um, The obvious next legal step would be adoption but when we started our journey into becoming parents it was very clear that in Queensland very few children end up being adopted because Mm -hmm. our foster system picks them up and they go into foster situations and then from foster situations can lead to guardianship and things like that so it's yeah. Can I ask what the difference is between legal guardian and adopted parents? Yeah as an adopted kid, that's a bit uh, weird for me to ask, but legal, I don't know. Legal guardian means that um, I can make all of the parenting decisions for the child that I'm a guardian to, uh, but the parents eventually could apply to have guardianship of their children back. Oh, okay. Uh, whereas adoptive, I'm pretty sure, means that 
they, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. They can't apply to have their kids back. And is it yeah. quite state-based? So you said about, you know, making so. parental choices. So correct me if I'm wrong, if you wanted to take the kids that are with you now to when pre-guardianship interstate for a holiday and I'm talking like board, we're in Queensland at the moment like the border of New South Wales yeah. you couldn't that well you can you okay. just have to apply with an itinerary and it's yeah. it's a it's a it's an eight week beforehand oh. application what that can be approved or can be not approved um, so it is very very focused on just in the state and rightfully so yeah. you shouldn't be able to travel around and Oh no, you probably should. That's probably stupid. It's a stupid rule. <laughs> but if you drive down to Vic, uh, to New South Wales, my husband and I are in a um, in a commercial for a New South Wales adoption agency. So it's hey. quite funny. Famous they gave already. us um, some random baby to hold. Oh, I remember seeing this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is quite hilarious because it, it took one take and the baby just lost her business and was not happy and rightfully so because I didn't have my glasses on which meant I looked really weird so <laughs> I'd scream at that <laughs> too. Listen, I usually do. The last episode was about embracing what you have so you're True, fine I did, with I and without your glasses. Well, yeah. I hope you all heard that. You all yeah. listened, I right? listened, absolutely. Uh, all about hair and... Good work. Okay, so we know we're going to be coming back to you, Corey, so thank you so much for that. Our next guest is, again, a good friend of mine I get to see on a weekly basis, I would say. At least. I think, yeah. At least a week, which is Tony, Tony P. <laughs> Hi again. Now, gave a little bit of a spoiler alert earlier on. So, um, as you mentioned earlier on, you're an adopted, I'm going to say kid. Yep. Yep, so you come from an, an adoption background. Is that how I pronounce that? I was that? adopted. My brother was adopted from a different family to, to birth family to yep. mine. My mother was adopted, so it's very ingrained in our family. Mm-hmm. From quite a young age. I was eight days old. Wow. I think my brother was something similar to that, maybe a little bit older, but yeah. Babies. So parents to, to two, like, infants, or, like, was there a bit he, space Three between? years apart. Oh, three years, okay. To almost to the day. Yeah, so my birth parents were both 16 years old, and my birth mother was on the pill, so she was trying to do the right thing, mm-hmm. but I ruined that for her. Um, you made it better for and, so many other people. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she... Um, I think it's an interesting story, so bear with me. It, it shouldn't take too long. She, Her mother had recently died um, from a brain aneurysm and um, she found herself pregnant. Her father had told her to get rid of it Mm -hmm. Um, and at the age of 16 she stood up to him which I think is extraordinarily brave um, especially without having support around um, and said no I won't so she moved out of the house uh, to live with her aunt um, carried me through to full term, gave birth to me gave me away and joined the army Wow. (laughs) So yeah I'm, I'm very proud, even though I haven't met her, I'm very oh, proud definitely. Of, of what she did for uh, me. Well, firstly, thank you so much for sharing. That's a really cool story. And speaking of sharing, because there's a few people out there that are adopted who wouldn't know any of that stuff. So has that always been quite open as you were being raised? You knew that or you've... For me, it was. My the, the my parents, and that's how I refer to them, they are my oh, parents because they yeah. raised me. But no, that's an, another point. Some people say to me, oh, you're adoptive parents. or No, they're just my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, they told me a bedtime story from before I could even understand words and the bedtime story was that you know mama and papa couldn't have their own children and so they found a magical place from where they could um where there was a a long line of babies and they walked along that long line and they found me and of course I was the special chosen one okay um which I as I grew older I realized was farcical but anyway yeah. <laughs> um, it was it was a it made it very open very honest very mm-hmm. safe and nothing to be ashamed of so mm-hmm. in our family it's always been open and, and comfortable to talk about that's so lovely because yeah. like as I was talking about fostering my fear would be parents coming in and I think it would be the same with adoption like I'm I know it's different when you live in this situation, but so much respect to your parents for always telling you. I think that I would be quite... I probably wouldn't be petty when it comes to children, but like, oh, oh, maybe not, I don't know. You, I think but, I think people can just worry, just worry yeah, that they're going to say or do the worrying, wrong yeah. thing. But I think if you have good intentions, um, that comes through. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And then here you are, lucky for us. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank we, you kindly. Yeah. And then, so your story self, so as, as I mentioned earlier on, the people that I've asked on to this, so... You've told me what I can and can't say. Well, I've asked you what I can say. So you are 40 plus? I'm 43. Yeah, 43. No children. No. And also faced a few hurdles. Yeah, yeah. So I I was told from a very young age that I had polycystic ovaries, which is, um, there's debates about how that comes about, but mm-hmm. essentially it, it presents as a hormone, hormone imbalance, which can make falling pregnant difficult yeah. um, to impossible for some people. And when I learned that, I, I think a switch went off in my brain and I just thought, I'm not going to get worried about 
obsessing about having a child. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, mm-hmm. that's okay. Yeah. Um, I, I just wanted to take the pressure off myself because I, I had seen people throughout life put so much pressure on the, themselves to fall pregnant and when it didn't happen and, and throwing you know tens of thousands of dollars at the situation um, and, it, and that's their journey and yeah. you know more power to them but I just thought I would crumple under that pressure and expectation so I just told myself that if that wasn't for me if that wasn't in my future that was okay too yeah. so um, I approached it very casually well not casually but took the pressure off and then I found myself in a 15-year, 14-year um, marriage where we both at that time didn't want to have children. Yeah. Um, and then when that relationship finished, um, I, th- I think he's gone on to have some children. So obviously his mind changed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I did not um, for, for various reasons. Uh, but, and this is, I guess, a little more personal, but I'm still happy to share it. Just recently I found out that my ovaries are no longer polycystic. I am releasing eggs all the time oh, and, wow. and capable of falling pregnant. And that just happened naturally? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't uh, think I've done anything to improve my odds. <laughs> but we should endorse wine right now. <laughs> Drink wine. <laughs> oh, how dare you? It's vodka. Oh, that's um, true, sorry. So, so that is back on the future mm-hmm. cards if I wanted. I, I never thought it would be. So yeah. that, that was an interesting development I didn't see coming. And I just felt... Strangely enough, further pressure released from me because now I had all choices available yeah. to myself. Maybe challenged a little bit by the forty-three-year-old ovaries, oh. but you know, we'll see. Firstly, I can't believe how common polycystic ovaries are. Like, I can already, yeah. I can name five of my friends yeah. and family that have been told they'd have it, and luckily, a lot of them have gone on to have multiple children. Because mm. you do get told, I, if I'm correct, that if you're l- lucky enough to, if you're planning, lucky enough to fall pregnant once. Don't leave it too long before the second because it's kind of like a short-term cure. But also, I'm probably going to pronounce it right, endometriosis. Like, yes. so many people now. Yeah. And, like, whether or not it was just a thing that people just stayed quiet about because they didn't know what it was. But there are just... It just seems to be, like, a bit of a rise in that. There are, well, there are massive areas of women's health that are underrepresented. Yeah. Um, and that... And under-researched. Yeah. yeah. And under, by men. Mm-hmm. rather than the people who probably should research them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I think um, sometimes people also just struggle to mm-hmm. speak to their doctors or approach or even visit a doctor mm, yeah. to, to um, ask questions and find out what's going on. And then I think it's people just getting the fear put into them. And, you know, I'm sure medical practitioners are giving people the right advice. And I think that nowadays, like when I look back to where my parents were, I'm 35 and by 35 my parents were married, probably bought a house, moved, bought another house, had three very, very well-behaved, fabulous children. (laughs) Um, But I feel like now, because it's taking quite a while longer for us to get there, a lot of my female friends my age who will go to the doctor and the doctors are now saying to them, like, do you want kids? And there's one of, like, some of my friends have just turned 30. So just, you know, Mm. really kind of just making their start in the world and being told, Mm. have you considered getting your eggs frozen? Have you considered doing this? Let's go and get your eggs counted. And that just must be, I obviously wouldn't experience that as a guy. That must be really scary to hear that, oh, hang on, if you want children, let's just see if you can. Like, mm. it would be a really daunting process. I'm not obviously an expert on any of Oh, none of us are experts. As we, yeah. I, I have heard that um, male fertility is on the decline. Could be, hopefully. And hey. Is it fertility? <laughs> Steri- uh, wrong word. Um, yeah, on the decline and things are happening later in life and mm. financial burdens mm-hmm. are yeah. a massive issue. Makes so sense. I think that those are some of the driving forces behind doctors saying, you know, maybe prepare for a decision down the, the track. The bleak future of the bleak child. The apocalypse. It's <laughs> true. Handmaid's, Handmaid's tale. tale. <laughs> <laughs> Give it to me straight. <laughs> So we would like to welcome our third guest to the show, Miss Ellen Reed. Hi. Hello again. Yeah. So as you mentioned earlier on, Ellen has done some really great work within the community. I've been very lucky at some of our gigs to watch what you do. Um, oh, so a huge you. friend of our community. So firstly, I want to thank you on behalf of all of us. Oh, thank you for embracing me as wholeheartedly as you all do. Well, you don't give us much choice because you're pretty cool. Now, when I talk about... <laughs> I was going to say, I thought, you, I thought you were going to say just because I'm always around. <laughs> no, just like, no. shit, we've got to let her in. She's well, back again. Some. Sometimes, you know? sometimes as a host, you kind of 
put on your stage manager hat as well. And there's been two occasions where I've worked with Ellen and I'll kind of look away from the stage for a second. The crowd are going absolutely mad. I look back and we can't find her. So the first was uh, the Pride Queer Formal out there, like dancing with all of the kids that are in attendance. And then this year at the Pride Family Fair Day, um, massive, massive turnout. And when Ellen was on stage, everyone crammed the stage. And I think I was with Chocolate Box. We, yeah. like, we were hosting together and I was like, where is Ellen? And we were like, uh, out in the crowd. I, I don't know what happens to me when I'm on stage, but everyone just looked like they were having so much fun at those events. And especially at Pride, everyone was having the best time. And I was like, I want to be a part of that. And so I'm stupidly, because my ankle definitely hurt later, but j- jumped off like the six foot stage in heels. That was a tall stage. It was tall. Well done. And I like, yeah, thank you to my dancers, Matt and Marcus, who definitely helped me down a little bit. And um saved me from breaking my neck but everyone was having the best time so I just wanted to be a part of it and I was singing Born This Way so I was like if I can't walk through the crowd and have my Beyonce moment singing Born This Way at a Pride event like I'm going home you know (laughs) and also shout out to the sound guys because the mic didn't make that ugly noise and stuff you knew what you were doing but thanks to them too yeah they're they're incredible they always look after me cool now Ellen as we mentioned You've got an amazing boyfriend. I do. He's pretty cool. Yeah. I like to think so. (laughs) (laughs) But we were, again, talking, because I spoke to you about, I knew I wanted you on, and I gave you a few episode topics to think about. And to be honest, I didn't know you would choose this one, but it's something that's quite close to your heart as well, because you do get asked the same questions that, for instance, Brenda and I do. So when are you having kids, right? I get asked that a lot, and I get asked that a lot in random interviews when I'm doing press or media and stuff like that. And I... I think because I always give such boring answers, like it's never included in the articles, but I, without a doubt, always get asked, mm-hmm. oh, you know, like you, you're doing so well with your career or you want to do this, this and this. Or, and they'll, uh, I'll say, you know, something back about what I want to do with my career-wise and they'll go, oh, but, you know, what about a family? Do you want to start a family? Or It's so weird that that's such an interest point. For, I'm guessing these people... Why do people give a shit? Yeah. Like, I'm there and do to they talk ask about the guys the same question? Ex- yeah. I, don't I doubt it. So. Yeah. You know, so it's always like, oh, that you're doing great in your career. Mm-hmm. Where do you see yourself in five years? Or why does that not include a baby and a, a house and a the husband and... Why the fuck should it when you're asking me about my career? Yeah. Sorry, am I allowed to... No, you can totally. You're too late to now. Why? <laughs> <laughs> no, but... Um, and it's so true. And I, get, I don't think people... As people ask people for different reasons. Like, I've mm. got a lot of straight guy friends who I know have been listening to the podcast, so we hope Yay. you feel educated, boys. Um, I don't think they would get asked, but Brendo and I get asked because it is a bit of a... Oh, would, yeah. you, would you have kids if mm. you could? But, I mean... Even if people aren't mean in an offensive way, it must be a bit like, as you said, why are you interested? Mm-hmm. Like, 100%. I always think of um, that interview with Chrissy Teigen mm-hmm. and she's someone, I can't even remember where she was, but she was asked the question, when are you, got, when are you and John Legend having children? And she nearly cried and she was like, one day you were going to ask this to the wrong woman who's had miscarriage after yeah. miscarriage after mm-hmm. miscarriage or failed rounds of IVF and someone's going to say something really offensive Mm -hmm. to you because you've asked the wrong question and it's none of anyone's business whether you know she wants kids or whether I want children or you know it's it's no one's business and all of a sudden we live in a society where it's okay to walk up to someone and be like ah you know you're adopted or oh you're you're a gay couple who's the real dad like Mm -hmm. I think that's so offensive and I just go why is that okay for people to say that. Yeah. The humanity police just don't like come down from the ceiling and go, you're coming back up with us. For, for about a decade, I was asked that question quite regularly and sometimes by the same people over and over again as if they didn't accept my mm. answer the first time. What? And I did eventually get quite annoyed with the question. Um, and so they would say, you know, when are you having children? I'd say, oh, I can't, I'm infertile. Mm. And like mic drop. Yeah, but you then, can leave. You can walk away from that. But one then they that would point. look at you. I guarantee with pity. All of if not, no, not even pity is in like oh, like you probably like as if they're offended that you've hit back with the truth and they yeah. wasn't expecting not that. My like, problem exactly. But <laughs> they probably response. made it your yeah. But yeah, I just thought if they're if they're comfortable asking that question, they need to be ready for the answer. One hundred percent. But why is it also that like if infertility is the you know you can't have kids because you're infertile why is that an acceptable answer but I just don't want kids no 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 I didn't think it was acceptable sorry and if I came across that way that's not what I meant I just wanted to hit them back with with something that made them think like 
you just asked a really awkward question. Yeah. And yeah. that's not fair necessarily for everybody. I was actually quite happy answering it. Yeah. But they just need to think. They need to think like it's it's not yeah, a question that needs to be asked of everybody and maybe take the time to do it properly if you really must know when yeah. someone's going to have mm. a kid. Mm. If, you, if you have to have to know. Yeah. Which you don't. No, exactly. <laughs> like I just said, whose business is it? Yeah. No. But also I work in an office and I've worked in offices for years. So I'm not just saying that this is how it works in mine now, but as soon as there's a girl in the office starting to look a little bit pregnant, being asked, are you expecting? Are you pregnant? You got anything to tell us? And you just think, even in this oh, day and age, it's not a question that you'd that ask per- anyone. Yeah, wait for that <laughs> person to make their announcement. Thing. Like, yeah. but people I've do. I've just had too much cake this week. Yeah. Like. And that's been the response. Like, bloated. I've got a friend who was telling us just the other night when we were out drinking, and she gets asked all the time, and she just says, "Oh yeah, the dad is like Pinot Grigio because it's literally a wine baby," you know. Like, <laughs> but sometimes that's how I respond, like with humour. So when people have asked before, oh, so do you guys want kids? I will joke and say, oh, yeah, but it's not working the way we're doing it. <laughs> and I've been nudged a few times, like, oh, you shouldn't make people feel that uncomfortable. And I'm all, just Tony oh, yeah. said, well, guess what? They just made you feel uncomfortable. So yeah. it made me. But just as I've mentioned previously, I'm going to learn from doing these podcasts. And one thing I do know that I'm quite guilty of is saying to people, oh, so do you want a boy or girl first? And even that, like, that's yeah. none of my business. Mm. Because if someone asked me, I know what my response would be, and it would be, I don't care what it is, just as long as it's talented, because well, I wouldn't <laughs> expect anything. Hair. Sorry. Oh, whoa. <laughs> well, we're not going there. I thought we were all okay with, you know. No, we can. I'm embracing it. But no, like, I would be something, that my answer would be, I really don't mind. I've got names picked out for both, so that's fine. Make but again, no, that's been taken. Oh, um, <laughs> but like, yeah, is that something that I should even stop asking? Like, probably, mm. yes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, okay. If I that's how you would respond... You know, wouldn't you think that that yeah. would be? I always go back to intention. If you, if you, if it's a good friend, mm-hmm. if you, if you've had similar conversations before, if it's a safe space, yeah. if it's not in, you know, up on stage in front of tens of thousands of people. <laughs> yeah, next time we're together. So, Ellen, any news yeah. on that, baby? <laughs> Could you imagine? You're looking really bloated today. Are you, are you with child? Yeah. Or? I just had a gallon of wine. Yeah. Okay. I'm just really drunk. <laughs> I think, I think we've all spoken about drinking a lot. Like maybe that is what the issue is. Now, what I thought I would do is um, we do put out on our socials. I say ours, like I put out on the socials. If there's any listeners who have got something to say, and we've had that some really good responses. So I just thought I would read a couple of them and have a group discussion. Some of we might have already covered, but I just think it's really important to say that we're just four, five, including Andrew, people sitting around a table now talking, but. I want people to relate to stuff. So there is someone listening knowing it is even more than us four. So the first thing I got was, and I'm going to include the first part because it's really important. Hi, really looking forward to hearing your next episode, which meant they listened to the Lovely. first one. Yes. Yeah. Um, I've wanted kids for a while now, have looked into adoption, which looks hard here in Australia, but especially international adoption. A lot of countries Australia partners with are for adoption only allow heterosexual married couples. Singles and same-sex couples are not eligible. In my opinion, that's really sad because your relationship status or single orientation does not determine how good a parent you will be. So I'm interested in hearing it from an LGBTQ plus perspective, which I think we have kind of covered, but I think that is the feel out there a lot. Like um, I have got a friend that went to one of those compulsory, I don't know if they call it a conference, they probably don't, but an info (laughs) session where they have said previously, and it might just be a Queensland thing that, yeah, although you can apply, very rarely would a child go to a same-sex couple or a single parent, which you just think you would do more. Like, there are single people who have a lot more money and time even than I do. So is that is that a bit... Well, there are hetero parents who are terrible parents. Exactly, like it's, yeah. There is no fast rule for any of this. Mm. But yeah, so... And that was from what who I believe is a heterosexual female, not going to identify, but just knowing yeah. that you... Again, you would just assume, oh, well, not assume, but, well, I want kids okay, adoption, and just to be told just because you don't have a significant other, well, actually, she's being told not a male partner because it doesn't mm. go to the same set. Imagine, like, that would be a gross thing. But a- adoption, I think I think the misunderstanding around adoption in this state in particular is that it's something that just does not happen as often as we think it does. Mm-hmm. I think when we were going through training to become carers, the, the people who were running the training said in the last year, eight children were adopted in this, wow. in this state, in a, in a year, only eight. And that number drops, declines every year because, it, because of the foster and the guardianship yeah. system. It doesn't go through to adoption. I do know um, 
that surrogacy internationally mm. is achievable for same-sex couples, but it's a, an extremely expensive yeah. um, And fraught with, with danger as well, with yeah. things going wrong Absolutely. at various stages. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the options are out there for the community to become parents. I just think there's not enough information out there and not enough people who've achieved adoption to be able to say, hey, well, go down the adoption path mm-hmm. or, hey, go down the surrogacy path. So yeah. it's my, just a, my parents did adopt me internationally, uh, my my mother is from the same country that I was adopted from, but we were living in the UK at the other end of the world at the time, and my father's Australian. I don't know what the accent is anymore. Um, but they adoption back then in mm. the 70s was, I think, far simpler and easier than it is now. Yeah. And even back then it was quite involved, as yeah. it should be. Yeah, yeah. You're taking on, you know, yeah. a little treasure. But Brendo and I always get told by it. and it's a really is a lovely gesture so if you've said this to me please don't think I've taken it the wrong way but we always get told oh I would love to be a surrogate for you oh yeah, uh, yeah when push it comes to shove that comment doesn't very often follow through no because we've had the same with yeah. lots and lots of oh we'd be surrogates but out of the 10 people who've ever said it one has actually followed through mm-hmm. to starting to investigate with us yeah. but Again, because of age as well, because we're not spring chickens. Corey just looked at me, by the way. Well, I mean, I, I tick your box, so, you know, um, because of that age. And the person who actually was going to follow through was a school friend, primary school friend. So, you know, as you get older, that it's mm. more difficult. And Absolutely. Then, and then you find out, you ring up and go, oh, I found a surrogate. And all of the agencies go, great, what about an egg? And I'm like, what? Well, I got to you do some work don't agency. You just, <laughs> don't you just give me the egg? And well, they were like, "No, mate, you need to you need to find yeah. both." Because yeah. I don't know how things like that work. So my personal Clearly. thing would be if it. I've lived with one of my sisters while she's had two children, and I've seen that emotional connection. Obviously, you have when you're going through pregnancy, you give birth. I don't know if I could put someone who. I mean, if they're offering to do it, they obviously love me, and I obviously love them. Could I accept? let them go through that, hand over this amazing thing to me. And then, again, I, I probably would really change in the, in the circumstance, but would I want that person to then have a real disconnect? So like, oh, that's not my child, that's Paul's and Brendan's. Or would it be that I would obviously want them around again because I care about them. Would they come to the first birthday party and say something like, oh, I would have got a chocolate mud cake. And I'm like, you stop giving me parenting advice. You gave up that. I mean, would I feel that way? And I think personally, yes. And that it would have to be someone I didn't know and I knew was comfortable enough to do what they were doing, which I'm sure they go through that kind of testing. Yeah. And I think, correct me, any lawyers who are listening or family We get them, yeah, we've got lawyers, yeah. Obviously. Hi, Because it's high, yeah, it's high brow. Um, top shelf. Um, but from what I researched, that the, at the end of the day, the law will identify the birth, I want to say vessel, I know that sounds horribly offensive, but the... Or at handmaid's tale. Yeah, the, birth, <laughs> the, the woman who gives birth to the child even if as it's not her egg? the legal right, even if it's not her own egg. Wow. So because she's actually carried and given birth, the law will side with that person. So you run a huge risk. Yeah. Again, lawyers, yeah. clock me if I'm wrong, but um, you run a huge risk of, of it just getting ugly at the end and mm. losing out. Cool. Now, the next one I've got... Happy. Happy kind of did hit home a little bit, and I'm not saying any of my family feel the same way, but I listened to it and I really felt for this person. So they've said, I put off coming out for years thinking my family would not be supportive. I was so wrong and they all stood by me and have made my partner feel like one of our family and really accepted him. I recently found out that one of my siblings and my auntie had had a bit of a falling out, and when I asked what had happened, I was told not to worry. Now, it's pretty unheard of for these two not to get on, so I asked my brother-in-law, who told me they had had an argument over me. My auntie had mentioned how it's a shame that I'll never have children, and my sister had mentioned that nowadays she hoped there would be an option where I could have children. Turning my page, I use really big fun. Soon. My auntie made it really clear, apparently, that while she is comfortable with gay people, she doesn't think it's fair or right for a child to be raised by a same-sex couple, regardless of the child's background. I've told my sister not to have an argument for me, and my aunt has no idea that I'm even aware of this at all and any of it is going on. I know she loves me, but it threw me how opinionated she could be, and rather than see a child... Um, hang on. Rather see a child in care than to watch my part. I read that really wrong. Sorry. No, she loves me, but through uh, was opinionated that she and that she'd rather see a child in care than be with myself and my partner. So how much love do we have to give? So I read that really ruined that at the end. No, but we got it. We, we got yeah, the same idea. kind of feel. So and that is, I think, still probably a generational thing where Exposure, they probably think they're education. doing such a nice thing. I accept gay people now. I accept yeah. that. Yeah. But, but accepting to see a child. <laughs> 
in care rather mm-hmm. than with a happy, healthy gay couple yeah. is mind-blowingly ignorant. Yeah. And I don't and know if word for word that's what she had said, that's how he had seen it. Bag. I'm not sure that that individual has actually thought through all of what that means either. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes right. it's an off-the-cuff comment, yeah. Yeah. Um, which happens all too commonly. But yeah. I had a huge fight once with a lady. I didn't like, you know, fist cuff, fist fight with her because that'd be, that'd be inappropriate. Um, <laughs> but she was, uh, it was, would have been 15 years ago and I was talking about how I would really love to have kids and she was going through struggles of having kids and she just got into me saying, how dare you think that you have a right to have children when I can't even have my own children. And I was like, whoa, whoa, wait up, lady. I'm like, I didn't say you don't have a right. I didn't say that my right was greater than yours because I'm a minority or anything. I'm supporting the fact that you're going through some shit mm. and that's really crappy. We were just having a conversation about having kids and I would like to have kids. But mm. she just did, she wouldn't let up. It was a real, you don't deserve, I deserve them. I can give birth. It's my right to have a child, not your right to have a child. Mind you, that was 15 years ago. Yeah. Mm. And an emotional topic. And an emotional topic. Definitely. And there was alcohol involved. Hey, trifecta. (laughs) Probably. And then just one thing someone else mentioned, um, and I think, again, something that I probably did, but I would make, not always make a joke about it, but I always saw myself having kids, had names picked out and things like that. But it was actually one of my friends got in touch just today and said that she actually had to go through a process of mourning the fact that she's not going to carry a child because, again, always thought that that was going to happen. And how do you how do you come to terms with it? Like, and I know it's a lot of people's choice not to have children and I completely understand that. Someone else also mentioned to me, um, she got told, she never wanted kids, found a partner, doesn't want kids as well. So they're perfect for those two. But someone's actually got the audacity to call them selfish for not having children, like for not creating. So just another thing as well. Which, In an overpopulated world mm, with mm, limited resources. Yeah. But yeah, just dealing with that and whole Thousands morning. of kids in the state requiring mm. care. Mm. Yeah. So choosing not to bring kids here. Yeah. I think you, you've got to do what's right for you. And that decision might change over time. It's about being honest with yourself, with a partner, with, without a partner, just being honest and open. Um, and there is no right answer. Mm. I think Which, anyone considering having kids needs to be thinking not just about themselves and their relationships around them, but the child that's going to come into the world mm. or that they're going to take care of. And what your answer is in one year might be different to your answer yeah. in the yeah. next year, and that's okay. Very like true. there's no rule book on when you should have kids and how you should yeah. have them. Well, I think I will just say for those around the table that don't have kids, because I feel like I might be doing this wrong, but I think I'm supposed to have this massive pile of money somewhere in my house because... Um, you don't? No. Like, like what, what, what am I spending my money on? Because I assumed, that, like, obviously, to keep someone alive is not cheap. Oh, my gosh. I'm struggling cheap. to keep myself they do alive. They eat Where's and my grow. Money? <laughs> How many times I buy new shoes, How new How old shirts, are your kids? Four and nine. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a good age. It They're is. So cold, it so. is. I was just saying earlier that um, I spoke to the guidance officer at my school who's also a counsellor and he'd said that he'd read a huge report on how children born outside of five years always view themselves as an only child and <sighs> my husband is also an only child so in my house I have three only children and me <laughs> just getting neglected in a corner somewhere <laughs> desperate for attention. I love that it. That was going to get me in trouble. <laughs> yeah, but you mentioned it. You did it. You brought I did, it up. I, there. I did nothing. That's a hint. <laughs> Give me attention. Mm-hmm. I'm needy. I'm needy. The only reason why we're here, this was for Corey. This, this was. Is, yeah. this the opposite to an intervention. Um, okay, cool. Um, one thing I would just also like to say for our listeners, it's not too late. I would. What I would really like, if there's anyone out there listening who are from, because there are going to be so many families out there where a parent hadn't come out or maybe not realised where they were in life and did have a family. Like I know a few friends who have got children from a previous relationship who are now in a same-sex relationship. Um, And I guess every story is going to be different, but I would really like to hear from people who, how did that happen? Because the the people that I know who have been married have one or multiple children who are now in a same-sex relationship, what I've seen have got a really good relationship with their children, but I'm sure that would have taken quite a lot of work. I don't know if anyone's, obviously don't name anyone got any experience with friends in the same kind of situation. I think we might have the same no. friends in the same situation. Yeah. <laughs> I have a friend that um, has a, re- a daughter from a relationship, previous relationship, and she's now in a same-sex relationship. And her daughter is one of the most badass, I think she's about 11, badass 11-year-olds you've ever met in your life. She is the oldest soul in an 11-year-old's body and she's so cool and calm 
and my friend has a great relationship with her ex-partner and they speak regularly to make sure that the daughter is okay and they are literally like the poster child children for... Rainbow know, families. Yeah, it, I think it's wonderful and she meets, you know, her, her mother's partners when they're ready to meet and, and that sort of thing. She's never had from, you know, what I can see or, and you know, or what I've heard from her is never had any problem with that or... Yeah, they've, they've had a great experience. Yeah. And I'm sure it's taken a lot of work and yeah, I'm not yeah, yeah. downplaying that. I think I know that there's been a lot of work and I know the way that my friend uh, talks to her daughter and really explains things and is quite open and honest with mm. her, which I think is a really great way to be with your kids um, because I think it really fosters a really great relationship for them to then be able to be really honest with you about certain things. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. It's lovely to see in here though. Mm, yeah, and definitely. I'm, and I'm sure there's people that, you know, who have been told they can't contact their children and you just kind of hope that mm. later on down the line that bridge can kind of be mended. Mm. I feel like this is the kind of episode we could either go on for like two hours for or do an episode two or like do a can host all-stars. I will say oh. it, it went more smoothly than I thought You've all I done would. very well. <laughs> You've all done very, very well. So thank you so much. So what I would like to do is just thank you all. Feel free to like plug anything you've got coming up. So just firstly, thank you, Corey, for being with us today. Final thoughts and reflections. Um, thanks. And I don't want... have anything to plug. More um, attention at home. Buy this is music. There you go. Oh, thanks, doll. I'll plug your, plug <laughs> that. Tony, thank if you, you don't say that, she's going to think you're a right bitch. I will not have words put in my mouth. Thank you very much. <laughs> Um, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It has been um, a, a really positive experience and I hope um, all the listeners have enjoyed it. Thank you. And Ellen, what are you up to? Oh, look, Del, what am I not up to? I'm actually in the process of recording my own podcast at the moment. So you've got the exclusive on that now. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Are you allowed to tell us what it's about or is that under Rainbow Families? It's... <laughs> I'm, I'm basically <laughs> stealing every idea from you. No, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not going to reveal that yet. But I would love you on as a guest as well eventually. So I scratch your back, you scratch mine. That was my just Paul, by the way. Hey. It was just yeah. Paul. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. fantastic. No, I mean, um, well, you know, if you if you want to come along, you can come along as his entourage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am. No, no thank you so much for having me along. I always love spending time with you, darling. And um, I really keep listening to this song on Spotify called You Have Been Warned. I don't know if you've heard it. Oh, who's that by? Ellen Reed. Oh, I haven't heard of her. Oh, well, she must should. be pretty amazing though. She is, and she's got that hair that just oh, stands out. It's great. Dang girl. I love everything all three of you have done. So this is about time where I do, again, I thank you guys. Thank you so much to our listeners as well. I really hope that you have listened to this whole episode. I know just listening from Corey, for instance, that I don't have to just come to terms with the fact that maybe I won't have children. So I've learned, I've learned from Tony, I've learned from Ellen. Um, yeah, so please again, share your thoughts, even if you don't think they're going to be if you've got some feedback or we, one of us have said something that you think we shouldn't have said, I want to hear that. I think it's really important to learn as we go. Also, a massive thank you once again to the Wickham for having us. Keep an eye out on all of their socials because I think within the next week, and what's the date? It's the 3rd of December in case mm -hmm. you're coming back like six months later. They will be announcing their Big Gay Day lineup soon and Big Gay Day is Ooh. always an absolute massive um, celebration here. The last two years have been hosted by this guy called Paul Wheeler. Oh, so um, the Wickham, if you're listening, I'm free. No, so thank you to the Wickham. Thank you as always to join the adventure. These guys have really, really looked after us. They've put in just, if, just as much, if not more effort than I have and really made my dreams come true. So thank you. Um, our next episode, is going to be called Are You Single? Absolutely or Absolutely Not. Where we're going to be talking about dating in 2019 slash maybe 2020. I don't know when it's going to come out. But um, just my opinion is it's really, from seeing my single friends, it's really hard now. I don't know if you three guys would agree, but yep. there are some of my friends and I'm like, how the hell are you still single? And they'll go on this date and I'll ask them how it was and then they'll say it went really well. But then on the way home from that date, you might be in your Uber or any other kind of transport. You open up Tinder or Grindr or mm -hmm. what did she was what um, Louise said last week. Her. Her. Her I even remember and it's that just one. there. Like, are you always looking for something better? Like, I know people sit at work at their job that they love and they're looking on Seek. So, is it really hard these days to find a date and to kind of 
go further than just a first date and find a relationship in today's day and age. So if you've got a story, please get in touch. We do have so many ways to get in touch with us. First up, you can email canhostpodcast at gmail.com. That's canhostpodcast at gmail.com. All one word. I made a joke last week saying if you've got negative feedback, send it to Can't Host Can Travel. That was actually a lie. That probably doesn't exist. So don't send them hate mail. You can also find us on Facebook at Can Host Podcast. Again, all one word. Or on Insta, Can Host underscore podcast. Or Twitter. When I remember that I've got a Twitter account, I post stuff. So that's just at Can Host Podcast too. So thank you so much for listening. We will see you with episode three really soon. Thanks, guys. Thank Thank you. you. I love you all. Good night. That's going to be my new sign off. That was good. Yeah, good. I like it. You should do that all the time. Catch it. <laughs>